What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you on a Sunday morning on Martin Luther King Day weekend. You know, it's a nice day. It's a nice morning. Just to get us off started right, the drink of the day is a mimosa. No need to mention the specific brand. To be honest, it's probably like a $5 bottle, so I don't want to put myself too much on blast right now. But it's getting me feeling right, and here we go. Yesterday, we had an amazing fight. Amazing, amazing fight. Amazing start to the new year with Max Holloway and Calvin Cater. Man, like, that was just absolutely amazing. Max Holloway made a huge statement on ABC, on network television, and, you know, they really did a good job promoting that. They did a really good job of uh, representing the fact that combat sports are back on network television. <clears throat> and, of course, we've had... We've had boxing on CBS in the past with PBC, but ABC, let's be honest, is like that premier brand in terms of the network television, and they really did a good a good job showcasing that. They highlighted uh, Muhammad Ali a few times, and although uh, we're talking MMA and not necessarily boxing, you still you still can respect that, and it was it was it was just a nice nice broadcast. I really appreciated that. We got started off on the card really nicely. We had uh, three first-round knockouts, all very exciting. Put a lot of content out there on Twitter, on Instagram. MMA community was feeling great. That was awesome. But, you know, what we're really here to talk about is that main event. Max Holloway was coming into the bout, uh, losing three out of his last four fights, including the last two against Volkanovski, the champion. And Max Holloway really represented the fact that he's that man. He's that man. He's going to come back, and he's for sure going to get that trilogy bout. Dana White immediately said that there's no way Alex can say that he doesn't deserve it, because he does. He really proved it. Max Holloway broke the record for most strikes landed in fight, and he did it in such a way that he was completely outclassing his opponent. And Calvin Cater was no pushover. He was sixth strength in his division. Um, highly respected. He was recognized as one of the best boxers um, in the MMA community, but Max Holloway clearly and emphatically outboxed him. He utilized great head movement. He did get uh, hit with a few jabs and a few strikes every every now and then, but he probably like tripled the work rate of Cater and then outlanded him like <laughs> immensely, and. It was getting to a point where it was just like, not not necessarily hard to watch because Calvin Cater, he's a dog, and he was taking those punches, he was eating them, and he was coming straight back at you. But you also can get the sense that um, Max Holloway was just on another level from his opponent, that he wasn't phased at all, and he was really, he really recognized that and made sure to use that to his advantage and represent that he's on the championship level, and he deserves another crack at that belt. I mean, we look at the fourth round, and uh, he's talking shit to the commentators. He's talking shit to uh, the trainer on the side, and he's literally not even looking at his opponent, looking to his left over his left shoulder and talking while his opponent is trying to punch him. He's moving his head left, moving his head right, taking a step back, Missed every single punch. Not even looking, throws a straight right. Like, it's just, 
it was just a show, man. It was a show. And to have that coming on on a Saturday where it's a huge sports weekend. I mean, we had James Harden's debut for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Jan, honestly, um, I'm a Laker fan, but uh, that's besides the point. We also had the NFL playoffs. So this main event was during the first quarter of a playoff game. And honestly, like it was so exciting that I didn't even care. I was watching this fight, did not even think about football during that time. Um, and man, it was just, it was really great. And it's really great to see because Max Holloway is a legend in the sport. Although he is still pretty young, um, just what, 29, 30 years old, like he's got some years left. He has taken a lot of punishment and he's been in some wars, but he proved that he's still on that level. And uh, I don't know if necessarily he'll need another fight in between. He probably will just because he's a class act, likes to stay active. But he's for sure getting another title shot by the end of 2021, like without a doubt. He deserves it. He went out there and proved it. And you can just, you can't do anything else but respect it. It was awesome. It was awesome, man. So the other interesting nugget about this, uh, telecast was Dana White really hyping a conversation that he had with Habib the night before. He was trying to say that he had a huge announcement. Everyone was looking forward to it. Social media was going crazy. Honestly, everyone just expected by the way he was reacting that we were getting a full-blown Habib's coming back, that we're going to get another fight. Well, that's not really the case. Uh, I mean, maybe it will be. We kind of got a non-answer answer, which I guess uh, in the combat sports world is honestly what we should be used to, especially in boxing. Um, just stuff like that. Whenever there's like a high-profile fighter and uh, he leaves the sport temporarily, that's just what we're used to. Um, you know, so the announcement was basically that if... Emphasis on the if. Habib sees something interesting from the McGregor-Poirier fight or in the undercard fight from uh, Michael Chandler, Dan Hooker. If he sees something interesting, then he might consider coming back. He might consider facing one of them. He doesn't want to hold up to the vision, but he's also noncommittal about fully leaving. He, I guess he's leaving the door slightly open. Well, um, of course, like everyone was kind of disappointed in that they thought there was going to be a legit announcement but you know whatever it's fine um we have a huge fight coming up and a huge pay-per-view i could care less honestly i'm excited to see mcgregor's return and dustin poirier he's an elite fighter i mean look at his last six fights five and one he's beaten an anthony pettis a justin gaethje eddie alvarez max holloway a dan hooker and his loss was to Khabib. I mean, everyone's lost to Khabib. So can't really uh, hold that against him too too high. Like, that's on a level like similar to boxing, where if a guy loses to Mayweather and that's their only loss, like, you really going to really gonna talk shit about that? Um, I mean, Khabib's on the Mount Rushmore. He's clearly one of the best wrestlers of all time and one of the best in the UFC history. So you can't really hold a loss against someone on that status uh, against them. Well, you know, we have this uh, McGregor-Poirier fight coming up. It's not going to be for an interim belt, which is interesting because I feel like the UFC, they kind of uh, 
make those up as we go along and uh, just kind of throw them out there for shits and giggles. But, you know, it's fine. Honestly, uh, intern belts are kind of lame. I mean, Dana for sure has seen what it's done to boxing. Not necessarily the interim, but interim. But, I mean, I guess, of course, to a certain extent because they do have them. But the fact that there's four sanctioning bodies for up to four champions recognized and some of them, like... The WBC have, like, a franchise belt, which is for the ultimate elite, like a Canelo, uh, Lomachenko in the past, now Tiafimo. You have a WBA, which has uh, an interim belt, and also, uh, or not really interim belt, it's uh, quote-unquote regular. And they also have an interim belt under that. So they have up to three. There's other lower-level champions that could be recognized, so... I mean, if you have someone who doesn't really know what they're looking at, you could potentially be looking at, like, eight, nine guys who can call themselves a champion. Of course, uh, Dana doesn't like that. So, to some extent, I applaud it. You know, it's cool. But Conor McGregor, of course, is on a level where you don't need a belt in in his fight to get people interested. People are going to tune in. And this is a rematch. This is a rematch of a past fight between the two. And in the past, I think it was, what, 2014 when they first fought? Conor McGregor dominated him in the first round with uh, some punches, knocked him out. So we can expect, obviously we can't expect the same outcome because Poirier is on another level at this point in his career. But there's a lot of hope that McGregor is going to come out and dominate him still. Maybe not in the same fashion. Maybe it takes a little longer, but that's what the hope is. Because, you know, of course, he's like the most popular guy in the sport. And it seems that he's fully rededicated himself to his craft. He looks to be in incredible shape. And I think uh, I think we're going to see something special. And the card's interesting because, as I mentioned earlier, we have Michael Chandler and Dan Hooker on the undercard. That's going to give us something to look at. Michael Chandler, of course, is the former uh, Bellator champ. So his him crossing over pretty recently. This is going to be his first bout with the UFC. Dan Hooker, credible opponent. That'll be nice. Um, I'm expecting a Chandler victory, and quite honestly, I'm hoping uh, it's, a, it's a really convincing one. I hope it's defining. I want to see, personally, if I can get my wish, I want to see both McGregor and Chandler win by an incredible margin, really show that they are truly, truly, truly a step a, cl- a class ahead from their opponents. I want to see the two of them fight for what I'm hoping is a vacant belt. I don't want to see Khabib come back. Uh, you know, maybe that's just the fan, the fan in me. I want to see McGregor run this division. I want to see uh, him reach his full potential. Because, I mean, you know, he's been more of a, a showman. He has, uh, of course, he was uh, a two-time champ in two divisions, but he never defended his belts. And there are some people that hold that against him more than I do. I don't honestly care. But in terms of long-lasting legacy, when you look at a guy years and years down the line with people who didn't get the chance to see him, look at his resume, that's going to be something that they're going to hold against him. So I want to see him... I mean, even though he's uh, fought across three divisions and 
I don't know. He's had a, some good showings in the welterweight division. Obviously, he was a champion in featherweight, a champion in lightweight. But I want to see him string a couple of victories in a weight class where he's the champ for a while. And he has the opportunity to do that. You know, this is a this is a really deep class. He has the opportunity to show that uh, he's that guy right now. And so I'm just hoping that Habib honestly just stays retired. He's, I think he will because he gave his word and he promised his mother. And he seems like the type of guy that wouldn't want to break his word and takes that very seriously. So I'm, I'm expecting him to stay retired. There were a lot of people on social media when Dana had his announcement the, the running joke of the day was, oh, so Habib told you he's not coming back and you're just kind of keeping the door open just for the fans just so they can, you know, be a little excited. And when I was texting one of my friends, um, my hypothesis was that, well, on similar lines, that, that what they were saying on social media, but that he clearly just wanted the initial numbers um, like when the telecast started, to be extremely high because he announced that he would start it at the top of the broadcast, which he honestly didn't even do. He didn't give his announcement until after the first fight, which, I mean, to be honest, wasn't that big of a deal because, uh, you know, that first fight was a first-round knockout ended within minutes. So it wasn't a big deal, but I just think that, you know, it's the first, the first UFC card of the year. It was on network television, on ABC, he says that the announcement that, as we know now, wasn't truly an announcement is going to be at the top of the broadcast. He wanted those initial numbers to be popping, and he wants to look back at that and say, look, this is the, how we started the year, and then later on as we get through the year, this is how we ended the year. These are the pay-per-views we've had. Our first pay-per-view is going to be a McGregor and Poirier. These were our numbers. This is how we're going to end the year. So, I mean, it's strategic business planning, and, uh, you know, you can't, can't knock it. got to respect it. So now this lightweight division, as I was mentioning, you know, it's pretty uh, stacked. It's pretty stacked. I mean, you look at the rankings. Habib is still recognized as champion. It's up to him whether he wants to come back or not. I'm personally hoping he doesn't. But for now, that's what he is. He's the champion. You have the number one contender, Justin Gaethje, who was just coming off a loss with uh, Habib. I'm hoping to see him fight uh, Oliveira, who's ranked third in the in the class. That would be a great fight because, I mean, you have Poirier, who's ranked second, McGregor, who's ranked fourth. They're fighting each other. If you had Gaethje versus Oliveira fight, that would be awesome. You have uh, Tony Ferguson, ranked fifth, coming off a loss. Um, actually, what? Coming off two losses. So, you know, that's not looking good for him. You have a Dan Hooker, rake sixth. If Chan- Michael Chandler can beat a Dan Hooker in a convincing fashion, not only do I think, well, I mean, obviously he would jump him in the rankings. He's not in there right now because he hasn't had a UFC bout. I think for sure he'd be, put a- he'd be placed against uh, Tony Ferguson. If McGregor beats Poirier, what, that would put him two losses in the last three fights? Um, even though it would be to a Habib and it would be to a McGregor, just the fact that the division is this stacked and they're trying to move it along, I think Michael Chandler would be pushed against pushed up ahead of him in the, the rankings if he gets like a convincing win and if McGregor wins his bout. 
I think in just, what, a week from now, after that fight happens, well, I guess just over a week because the rankings wouldn't come out that early. But we could potentially be looking at a case where Justin Gaethje is still ranked number one. McGregor would probably be number two, maybe number one, honestly. If he beats a Poirier, given his name status, depending on how he does it, he might be ranked number one. Regardless, those two would definitely be in the top two. You have an Oliveira, number three. You'd likely have uh, Michael Chandler ranked number four. And then Tony Ferguson. No, you'd for sure have Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier would be ahead of Tony Ferguson at this point from what Tony Ferguson has showed. So you'd have Poirier probably number five, Ferguson number six. I mean, fuck, man, that division is stacked. And we haven't even gone past those top six. I mean, you have Dos Anjos, Paul Felder, Ferreira, Incada, like, Man, this is a stacked weight class. So, honestly, that's why I really want to see McGregor just run shit in this division because there are a lot of guys out there that would give some great fights. There's probably some guys that, I mean, there's for sure guys in there that could potentially beat him. Um, looking at a Gaethje, an Oliveira, a Chandler, but, you know, that's what combat sports is. There's guys out there that are a toss-up. You look at that fight going into it and you're like huh i don't know maybe he'll beat him but we want to see a guy face those opponents um that was like the one knock on mayweather's career in the upper weight classes i know we're crossing over to boxing right now but it's probably the best comparison i can make because you're not you can't compare a conor mcgregor to other former champions uh in his sport he's one of those guys who has transcended that and uh his namesake has gone far beyond others. I mean, you could argue like uh, John Bones Jones was on that level, but I think because of his un- his own undoing that you can't really compare that. He's had so many instances inside and outside of the ring, I mean outside of the cage, that have kind of uh, hurt his career, hurt his marketing capabilities. So he's never reached the status of McGregor. You look at uh, boxing, where we, you would have to compare him to like a Mayweather, a Pacquiao, a De La Hoya. But of course, Mayweather is the best comparison. And like I was saying, when he got up to those upper weight classes, like especially the welterweight division, I can't really hold anything against him in the junior middleweight division because he did face uh, Canelo, even though he was a little green at that point. He faced a De La Hoya. He faced a Cotto. Like, those are three legends in the sport. He fought them. You can't say shit, you know? He started off, what, 130 pounds? Yeah, you can't really say shit about a guy that started that low in his weight, dominated 130, dominated 135. Uh, 140, he kind of just, you know, got it done just so he can go up to the money weight class, which is uh, welterweight. But in the welterweight division, you know, there were some guys that he could have faced sooner for sure i mean of course there's like a manny pacquiao a de la hoya a mosley he could have faced those guys sooner but can't really hold that against him he did fight them and he did dominate them but there were some other guys you know like uh paul williams uh margarito like he could have fought those he should have fought those guys and he didn't so we don't want to see a case where i'm assuming mcgregor will eventually like regain this belt i don't want to see him not face those type of fighters but we'll see. I don't know. It's 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 a great start to 2021. I'm super excited. And we have a lot of things to look forward to. So, I mean, man, 
that's it as always i appreciate you for listening to the bad promoter i appreciate you for checking out our site thebadpromoter.com and as always keep up with us on twitter keep up with us on instagram at the bad promoter thank you